Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. Our gospel reading for today comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road. And now he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There is always a question that comes up, and it really doesn't matter who is discussing this reading. The question comes up as to why Jesus would not have immediately made himself known. Why would he hide his identity from his followers? I think the current events may have at least given me one reason why, but I think it is a pretty good one. And it has to do with taking in new information. I've been watching things play out, and without a lot of other outlets that can be easily accessed with children yelling and wanting one's attention, I've been taking in a lot of current events on social media. This is not always a good thing. I go straight to the source for my news and information for the most part, but the social aspect creates dialogue. In some ways, good, and others, not so much. But I started to understand why someone might want to introduce ideas anonymously. 
One reason might be the ideas could get them into a lot of trouble. That trouble might be that their ideas are illegal or that they could get people hurt. It could be that their ideas are simply fabricated nonsense that they don't want to have to be responsible for. However, there's also the idea that a brand new source doesn't carry preconceived bias with it. After watching much of the partisan bickering online, I've begun to have a new respect for that particular aspect of not knowing who a source is associated with, or even is, but that you have to judge what they say on the merit of what they are saying. I say this because I have watched politicians on opposite sides of the political spectrum getting all sorts of abuse simply for where they sit on the spectrum. Not from giving out bad information or bad ideas, as we should hold people accountable for those. No, I've watched some very tired, very dedicated people trying to lead through a crisis the best way they can, and then getting backlash simply for who they are. I've also seen them get praise simply for which team they are on. I've seen bad ideas get rubber-stamped by supporters simply because of the political affiliation tied to the speaker. I've seen good ideas get shouted at angrily because of party lines. People are both celebrating and tearing people down because of who they are and who they associate with. Now, I will readily tell you that if I feel an idea is bad, I will point out why I feel it is a bad idea and try to use reliable sources to inform my view. I also do my best to take in new information. But what happens when our bias keeps us from being able to even learn something new because our mind is already made up? What happens when we can hear two people say the same thing and judge one poorly and the other kindly, all on account of our own bias? And that is when I started to look at Jesus' anonymity very differently than before. Today's reading comes from the final chapter of Luke's Gospel account. And it comes just after the account of finding the tomb empty. The two walking to Emmaus are well informed. They are already discussing all that has happened. They are approached by a stranger who wants to know what they are talking about. They don't know who they are talking to, so they speak without any preconception about what this person knows. And I think this is the key to it all. They recount what happened at the tomb, what they were told, what happened when others went to investigate. They recount the story. Then this stranger responds by teaching them, by interpreting the scriptures. Now, we read this and know that Jesus is just telling them about himself. But what is it they hear? They hear a stranger telling them something that they want to be able to judge and process and think about. Why does this matter? Well, as I was just saying, people can handle information differently when coming from different people. Imagine that you are discussing the empty tomb and wondering what it meant when Jesus just shows up on the road. The teacher has returned. 
you will celebrate. You will be so excited that you might not be able to pay attention. You might also know that you'll trust anything he says at this point and might not actually absorb any of it. Why would you? He's here. He can tell you again if you forget it a dozen times. I began to wonder if they would have actually remembered anything besides the fact that he appeared on the road to them. But they don't see Jesus. They see a stranger. They are talking to someone who is presenting new information. The disciples want to hear what this stranger says. They want to absorb it so they can judge it for themselves. They want to listen and remember so that they can share it with the others later and decide if what this person says is true. They want to process new information in a productive way. So they talk until they come near the village. And Jesus still hasn't shown himself to them. I feel like this is the second part of their test. Jesus begins to just walk on ahead. He's told them what they need to know. Now he gets to see how they will respond. They respond with invitation. I imagine this is exactly what he was waiting for. Do they show kindness and grace to this stranger on the road who has just had a lengthy discourse with them? They do. They strongly urge him to stay with them instead of going on. The day is almost over, so he should just retire for the night. Which means they also invite him to come eat with them. You may remember that eating with someone carried a lot of significance. Jesus was chided for eating with sinners. You are supposed to accept someone to eat with them. The disciples invite this stranger to come in and break bread with them. They have received the stranger's word with grace and responded with kindness. It is at this point that Jesus breaks bread and reveals himself to them. And then he's gone. So they go back to the others and tell them all about what has happened. As I read this, I couldn't help but feel that all of this was to help them understand and to make sure they were on the right path. Jesus is still doing this to us today. Sometimes it is, it, it is advice from an unlikely source that speaks right to us. Maybe it is hearing something that we needed to hear in an unusual place. In other ways, it is the idea that if anyone we meet on the road could be Jesus trying to teach us, maybe we should pay more attention to the people we interact with. Maybe we shouldn't be too quick to shoot down someone because of how they lean and instead try to listen to new information with open ears, open eyes, and a little grace. In trying times, it is easy to cling to what we think we already know and say that is enough. But what if the disciples on the road had decided that what they knew already was enough and that they didn't need to listen to somebody they just met on the road? What if they had decided that an outsider was an outsider no matter what, 
and turned Jesus away. It might be hard to imagine, but we do it all the time. We decide that change isn't any good for us, so we ignore anything that might force us to change what we do or how we think. Sometimes we get so rooted in our old information that new information is not welcome, no matter who the source is. I know this is true because I know people that heard a false story in the 1970s and still believe it to this day. We get rooted so heavily in what we think we know that we can begin to lock out any new ideas. The problem we quickly get with today's scripture in mind is that we can be so set in not wanting to hear anything new that we might even lock out Christ. This is a difficult thing to navigate to. But it means that we have to use what God gave us to take in new information. Just like the disciples on the road, we need to be able to listen and process new information to discern if it is trustworthy. I feel that I need to say that we always need to discern new information, because what if the stranger on the road wasn't Jesus? What if it was a voice peddling a conspiracy theory and it offered up nothing of value? What if it was just a fear-mongering voice? Well, the good news is that by listening and processing this new information, we can hear those things. We can decide. But we need to learn to make those calls after we hear. Sometimes it will be easy, like getting bad medical advice from someone who is not a doctor. Sometimes it will be difficult, like getting conflicting opinions from two experts. Sometimes it will be very personal, getting information that cannot be proven nor disproven. Then it comes down to faith. So we search to see if we too have a burning in our hearts as we hear the words. But if there is something central that I wanted to look at in all this, it is that God finds a way to give us what we need. If we need to know, God will find a way for us to hear it then becomes our job to listen. If Christ is trying to reach us so that we can reach others, we first must be able to listen. We must be able to listen to what God is telling us today. We must be willing to listen to the experience of the people who are trying to reach us. We must be willing to listen to the experience of the people we are trying to reach. If we cannot speak in a meaningful way to them, we will find that our words end up hollow. If Christ had not framed his conversation in a way that would speak to the hearts of his disciples, would they have listened on the road? So we too must understand the people we want to reach. We also must understand ourselves so that we can get past any bias we may have. We must learn to judge a situation for what it is and not through the team that we are on. We must learn to offer up our help to those in need, not just those who side with us. We must offer up wisdom that is wise to all and not just those who already agree with us. We must speak to life for all, not just life for those that already know. 
We must be willing to both receive new information and ready to share new information. Because that is at the core of discipleship. A willingness to learn and serve. Not based on who is worthy, because Christ declared all worthy through the great love he showed on the cross. That we share not in one partisan body that is only for the chosen, but that we are part of one body in Christ where all may be redeemed by his precious blood. Only when we learn to serve God instead of taming God do we fully come to understand how we serve one another in truth and love. God is bigger than any political party. God is bigger than any affiliation. Christ's sacrifice was not that we would be stagnant and set in our ways, but that we would trust God to always show us what was new and changing so that we would always be ready for what is to come. Let us trust that God will always lead us, always care for us, always help us to process new information so that we can serve the best we can so that we can live the best we can, so that we can share the best we can, and we do it in truth, in love, and in grace. It is by that grace we live, and by that grace we find everlasting life in the resurrection. Day by day, we seek to learn and seek to share, and seek to live in peace. Let us do so by following the great example set by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and let us always trust Him to see us through to a new tomorrow. Amen.